This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. All right, welcome into our number two of Purple Daily, and now joined by Alex Boone, former Vikings guard, obviously. How are you, Alex? Doing great. Can't wait for the Super Bowl. I know, I know. I, I, it just hit me today how much I can't wait for this Super Bowl. The two-week thing will never not throw me off. So I'm like, oh, I guess football's over. You know, <laughs> like just, No, it's not. It, it feels that way after the championship <laughs> week's like, yeah, I guess, uh, well, we're looking at free agents. And that's sort of the writing that I'm doing about the Vikings is free agency and Koobs is the offensive coordinator now and all those things. And now it sort of ran into me this morning as I was driving and I was listening to Dan Marino talk about Patrick Mahomes and I just had one of those like wow that's right the Super Bowl is this week because also we've kind of been through a lot this week with you know Kobe Bryant and Chris Dolman passing away as well it's just been a really tough week for everybody but now we can kind of turn our focus onto the Super Bowl so I want to talk with you Alex about just our favorite matchups that we cannot wait to see in the Super Bowl and number one is in my mind the two coaches Kyle Shanahan against Andy Reid. And I saw the greatest story about Andy Reid from the L.A. Times, that he has burgers shipped from his favorite burger place, I believe in Los Angeles, shipped to Kansas City for him to eat and enjoy. And he said it lubricates the joints. So (laughs) Andy Reid is a hero to everyone. Uh, but th- but these guys, what's amazing about these guys is Kyle Shanahan is like in shape Andy Reid. Like yeah. a guy who constantly finds ways to make his quarterbacks better. So I want from your perspective you to tell me what your favorite part about those two coaches is and what the biggest difference is in their offenses. Well, obviously the biggest difference is that Kansas City is a pass-first offense. I mean, they're so innovative in how they get their receivers open, how they get Tyreek open. You know, what, There's a lot of similarities, I feel like, pre-snap because there's a lot of shifting, there's a lot of motioning, there's a lot of, hey, what are you in? That'll determine what we're going to be in. But they're complete polar opposites because San Fran is a run-first offense. They are predicated solely on running the ball. They're going to run the ball 50 times. They don't care. Listen, we're going to do this because it's number one. It's going to be effective. Mm -hmm. It's going to help our defense. We're going to wear on their defense. And then eventually we're just going to let Jimmy roll out a couple times. He's going to throw some nice dimes. And we're going to walk away with a W. Like, 
I think another polar opposite would be that Andy Reid is super flashy. Like, I feel like he's out there to impress a lot of people. He's out there to show you, like, hey, man, look what I can do. Look at this offense. We're going to put up 500 yards today in the air alone. And then you look at, like, Kyle Shanahan, and he's more like, hey, listen, I don't really care what you guys think. As long as we win, we're good. And both teams have bought into both philosophies, right? Like, the Kansas City Chiefs players firmly believe, their defensive players firmly believe our offense will get us out of any trouble. Like, Mm -hmm. they'll... You've seen it in the playoffs. They will get us out of any hole we dig them in. This, this team is electric. They're on fire. This kid that's throwing the ball cannot do it any better. Patrick Mahomes is dazzling out there because on plays where even Tony Romo said it, I probably would have stepped out of bounds there. He's like, you know what, dude? Put the team on my back. I can do this. And then on the other hand, you have a very selfless quarterback who says, hey, listen, if you need me to hand it off 50 times, I'm cool with that. Like, as long as we win, that's great. You hear these receivers and the tight ends and the quarterback, they're like, listen, I don't need my stats padded. As long as their stats get padded and we win, everybody's going to be okay because we're all going to get the same ring. Their rings aren't going to be bigger than ours. They'll <laughs> all be the same size. That is the like most polar opposite teams, but they work so well with their defenses, with themselves, the coaching. You know, Another thing, too, is this. I was thinking about this last night. I was, I was watching film on Kansas City. And I was like, man, they've kind of had the same issues that San Fran has had. They've lost players. They lost Pat Mahomes for how many weeks? And Matt Moore came in and still won them yeah. games. Yep. Like, you look at San Francisco, they've lost their entire offensive line at one point. They still were winning games and huge games, like games you were like, who is that left tackle? Oh, my God, how is that guy surviving? But they went out and they did it because schematically he was like, listen, how do I not make my tackles the focal point? How do I not make my center the focal point of this? How do I make those guys not a distraction and help them lift up this ship? That is real coaching to me. And it happens on both sides. And what I really like about that point that you made about the injuries is that both of these teams went through a lot in the regular season, whether it was really tough schedules or you know missing your quarterback. And not only that, but Mahomes was playing through an injury when yeah. he got hurt the other time on a quarterback sneak, which I've never seen anyone ever get hurt before on a quarterback sneak. But the fact that they were able to, I think, win one out of the two games, and it was against the Vikings with uh, Matt Moore, and he came up with a game-winning drive. I mean, uh, A, it says that it's important to have a journeyman backup quarterback at For all sure. times For in your sure. life. And that's yes. exactly why. Because they could come and win one out of two or two out of four games and and give you a chance um, to still get that first round by. Yes, Sean Hill. Uh, the winner of the opener of 2016 right. made that one throw to <laughs> Stephon Diggs, and that was all it took, and a uh, pick six by Eric Hendricks on uh, one of the worst great. throws I can great ever game. remember. Uh, but you know, to your point, though, these are the teams that belong in the Super Bowl, is the yes. way that I've yes. sort of started to look at this. Is the San Francisco was the, the best team right out of the gate. They won something like eight or nine games in a row. When they finally lose, it's because their backup kicker shanked one in overtime against the Seattle Seahawks. Yep. And, and and every game that they had down the stretch, it seemed, was really tough. They had to go all the way out to Baltimore and play them in the rain and did a great job in that game and nearly came away with a win, which I think was one of those moments where you said, all right, San Francisco is pretty yeah. real. right?" right? And, and then Kansas City, the, the way that they had to perform down the stretch in order to get that two seed and a little help from Ryan Fitzpatrick, which is... How I will always remember this season is yes. Matt Moore and Ryan Fitzpatrick helped get the Kansas City Chiefs into the Super Bowl. Um, but, but the resilience of both teams and the fact that they earned it and, you know, I come to respect it more 
because of what we saw from the Vikings this year, where it seemed like every time they had a big game, save for the New Orleans game, they came up short and they they had every chance to be the team that was here. I, they had every chance to have me in Miami and not in 20 degrees and cloudy Minnesota uh, yes. this week. But instead, it was Green Bay twice. It was Chicago. It was Kansas City losing to Matt Moore. And, and that's why I, I'm looking at these teams with a great deal of respect because it wasn't a cheap schedule or anything like that. Like they had to really do it and get down 24 to nothing with Patrick Mahomes to end up coming back from that and, and getting themselves in the Super Bowl. I think the one thing I think about the most with San Fran this year is that tough schedule that they had with the Ravens, and then they go play the Saints, and then they had to go back home and play the Falcons, I think it was. You talk about like a tough stretch, and they kind of put it together there for a while. I know they lost two of them, but it was like out of the five games that were like, man, oh, it's Green Bay up, went out there, and it was like, man, this is going to be the team's model. And they were they were down a bunch of players, and they came yep. out really tough, and it was like, wow, this this team's kind of reeling around themselves. They're, they're really tough. They don't care what people think on the outside. And then you turn around and you look at Kansas City and you think what have these guys done in the playoffs? They've come back from deficits both times. Like number one the Texans game, that alone made me be like wow, uh, somebody better do something about this kid. <laughs> yeah. He's incredible. Like when you could come back down 24 points, you don't understand what coaches are saying when you're down 24 points. Like they're almost like, okay listen guys, we're going to get home at noon. Okay, we'll, uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll we'll just do the exit meeting and then we'll just go. Yeah. Okay, yep. but then all of a sudden you start to get new life and you're like, hey, listen, no, 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 listen, we're the Kansas City Chiefs. We tell you how things go. Just the way that they've been this whole playoffs, and it's it's so weird how polar opposites they are because Kansas City has needed Patrick Mahomes so much for so much of the playoffs, and now all of a sudden you look at the San Fran team and they're like, man, we we really haven't even really used Jimmy like right. less than twenty throws really. I mean, we don't really need him yet. That's going to be so interesting to me because when you get into a game like this, and don't ever let me fool you. There's times where you're like, yeah, man, it's just another game. When you walk into the Super Bowl, it's not just another game. Right. It yeah. is the Super Bowl. The six-year-old you comes out and goes, oh, my God, dude, we did it. We are here. We made it. The one thing in life nobody can ever take away from you is that you were on the field in the Super Bowl. Like, that is the greatest thing ever. And I'm... My biggest fear is that sometimes when you haven't really needed someone and all of a sudden you need them, especially in a big game, like you don't know what's going to happen. And I have total faith in Jimmy. I'm just saying it might be a little interesting to see what happens because Kansas City coming out is their priority. Numero uno is going to be to stop the run, no matter what happens. And they did it last week against Derrick Henry. But that's a different beast. We talked about that on Tuesday, about how there's teams that believe in one guy, and then there's teams that believe in a committee of guys. Yep. The committee yep. of guys is tougher because you can't wear all of them down at once. That's when right. you have one big back, that dude's taking – did you see Kansas City? Their, their second-half motto against Derrick Henry was like, listen, one guy holds him up, three guys will just come spear him. <laughs> yes. You just go spear him. Spear him as hard as you can. Just take him however he's got to go down, you get him down. Well, all of a sudden, Derrick Henry's like, look, guys – I can only take so many of those hits. When you have three of those guys, it's like now you got to put in triple the effort. you got to wear down three guys. And while one guy's getting hit, he's coming out the next play to take a break. He's can't get out to chill out for a whole series. Like That's a whole other beast you got to be worried about. And a lot of it, too, is because the way that Shanahan draws up his schemes against defense. Yeah, I get it. Raheem Mostert is a hell of a running back. No question. 
But a lot of it is the scheme. It's how it's drawn up. It's how it's, hey, listen, these linebackers like to over-pursue, so look for the cutback lanes this week. There's like a theme every week. Mm -hmm. And it seems like Kyle gets to those guys like, hey, listen, this is the theme this week. We want to get the ball on the edge. We're going to pitch it this week. Or we want to take the zone straight off of Kittle's butt. Or we want to take the zone and cut it back off of Staley. You know, there's so many. And then all of a sudden, the rest of the game, that's just how it goes. I'll be really excited to see what the theme is against Kansas City. You know, what I really respect and appreciate about Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan, Gary Kubiak, that whole crew, is the ability to connect the run with the pass. Is that you see all the time, you're not on Twitter, but if you were, you would see all the time debates about the value of running the football in the NFL. And we know that uh, running the football just in general is going to gain less yardage than passing the ball in general. Naturally. Like your your average yards per attempt for the 49ers is over eight, and your uh, running attempt is like four and a half. Right. So there's an efficiency part of it. There's getting closer to scoring and things like that. But when you are Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid to some extent too, they run a lot of RPOs, but especially the Shanahans do such a great job of manipulating the defense by using the run game because there's nothing in the world that defenses hate more than being run over. So if defenses said, you know what, we'll let you pick up that extra half a yard or yard per carry and we'll focus entirely on your pass game, well, San Francisco proved that they could just run over you, which actually the Vikings were able to do against the Packers in Week 2 with Delvin Cook. It was the same sort of thing, except for they blew up the pass game so much and then Kirk threw the interception at the end. But you really saw it against the Packers that they had the perfect game plan of like, oh, you guys are are going to focus entirely on stopping the pass? That's wonderful. We'll just run this delay handoff on third and seven and run for a 40-yard touchdown or something. Hey, dude. That that third down that was a trap. Like they had no, they were in the most exotic defense. You got to be like, dude, no way they just did that. Like they, you just <laughs> gave them a touchdown. And you know why they're trying to go after the pass? Because they're not naturally a run stopping defense. Right. You don't have your big middle linebacker in there. You don't have these big three techniques. They're like big dogs. I'm not here to rush the passer. I'm here to gobble up the yardage. You're like, all right, this is going to be one hell of a day. If you put that out against. San Francisco, you might have a different day, but everybody I feel like goes after them and they go, listen, we're going to go after Jimmy. Dude, they're not going to let you do that. They're not just going to let you go, hey, we're going to tee off on Jimmy. Because the minute you do, the minute they give up a sack, all of a sudden everything goes back to play action. They're like, listen, we're not doing this all day. Like The one game that he had to do it was like the Saints and Seattle. And those were like, hey, man, we got to come out. We got to come out with a win. We're going to have to do this. And he looked good. Yep. At times yep. they, but don't get me wrong, Jadavian Clowney, one of those games just, I mean, he blew everything up. That's right. I mean, he, he just like stole the ball and ran it for a touchdown. <laughs> it was like a high school thing where you're like, no, nah, I'm way incredible. bigger than you. Give me the ball. Awesome. I want to talk more about Jimmy, though, because I like to look, and I know this is uh, analytics like uh, taboo here to say, Ooh. but I start out. Okay, it's not like a weird thing. I just mean it's like a thing you're not supposed to do. Maybe that's the wrong word. Um, But I like to start out when I look at a quarterback with their win-loss record. Because A, that's what matters in sports, is winning. And B, this guy has more control over winning than anybody else on the field. If he plays horribly, it's very hard to win. And if he plays great, you usually win. And a lot of times, the other stats will lie to you. Like Aaron Rodgers throwing for 350 yards and three touchdowns against San Francisco when they were down by 28 points. And it didn't matter, and they were never really in that game. And Garoppolo is 21-5. and as a starter. He had four 
fourth quarter comebacks, four game winning drives this year, and average 8.4 yards per attempt. And to your point, there's always the play action element. There's the marrying the run of the pass. There's baffling defenses and everything else. But in order to get to the Super Bowl, it's been my thought that you need a baller at quarterback at some point who makes a play. Like even if even when there's been one year wonder guys, like even like Rex Grossman makes it and Trent Dilfer makes it, those guys in those years made plays when they needed to make plays and it wasn't that they were going to be long-term quarterbacks, but it's the same with Case Keenum when the Vikings went to the NFC Championship. Like They made the plays that they needed to make at that time, even if it wasn't sustainable over a long period of time. I think with Garoppolo, it is, and I'll tell you why, because not using play action, so this is without any play action on a play, he was a fourth-best quarterback in the NFL in terms of quarterback rating. The only ones that were better, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and Russell Wilson. And that tells me that you are not just a product of the scheme. That means no play action is third down and seven. You have to make a tight window throw, drop back, and make something happen. And I feel like because he only threw the ball eight times in the NFC Championship, he's being looked at as like, oh, well, I guess he's like another Trent Dilfer or Rex Grossman. Like, I think that this guy is actually a really good quarterback, and he just isn't getting the credit because most of the focus is on Shanahan and how successful they've been in the running game. Agreed. And I think that when people, like, you look at these playoffs, like we were, we're gushing about Patrick Mahomes because we're like, look what he's done with his team in the playoffs. Like, that's a, that's a leader. And then all of a sudden you look at everybody you're like, I mean, if Jimmy had to, he probably could. He just hasn't had to yet. Like, that's not his fault. When you're looking at his win-loss record, you're, it's his is so skewed because of games like Green Bay in the playoffs where you're like, he didn't really do anything. He didn't have to do anything. Green Bay just didn't show up. There are times in in games like this where the run game is just so effective, and I think a lot of it is because people are so worried about, number one, getting Kittle going. like So they're constantly trying to stop him. And then they're trying to constantly go after Jimmy because there's been this narrative that he's not the quarterback everybody thinks he is, that all you got to do is get to him, and, and you know it's going to happen. Well, it's not really going to happen when they're handing the ball out 45 times. Like they, These guys are seriously committed to just not caring and saying, hey, listen, we're not going to put our quarterback in a bad position because there are times where Jimmy throws interceptions. Yep, and you yep. do see bad plays where you're like, whoa, what was that? But I remember when I was playing in Arizona, we played them uh, twice. And that was the year they traded for Jimmy. Yeah. The first time we played them, they didn't have Jimmy. And I was talking to some old friends, and I'm not going to name any names, but they were all like, dude, it's, 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 it's interesting. You know, it's weird, and you know, who knows what's going to happen. He seems like a unique cat, Jimmy, well, wait, Jimmy Garoppolo. It, he gets traded there. I see this team right after he gets traded, and everyone thinks he's going to start. And, and Shanahan was like, nah, dude, he's not starting until he's ready. Mm-hmm. And so I, we show up in San Fran, and all of a sudden I see the same friends, same guys playing on the same team, and they're like, dude – going to play 10 more years can't wait i'm like really what changed you're like dude this jimmy kid is unreal i'm like really what's so cool about it? like number one kid's good looking i was like no question <laughs> like number two that ball comes out of his hand faster than yes, anybody they were does. like dude when he hits his back foot that ball is gone i was like really they were like dart like Dude knows where he's going with the ball because he's already preempted to know what the defense is doing. He knows how they're going to feel. Like they said, he came in Tom Brady ready. He would have been under Tom and knew exactly where the ball needs to go. Need to knew his hot routes. Like was like, hey, listen, if it's not open here, it must go here. He was like, Roger, got it. It'll go there. And if you look in the games when he hits that back foot, 
bro, that ball is gone. He's like, listen, I don't care. Get open. And I think that goes to Shanahan, too, because you see a lot on third and seven where, and it even happened against the Vikings. He shifted out the fullback, and he was like, oh, they're in man. <laughs> Why don't I shift out my running back? I'll just open up the whole middle of the field for Debo Samuel. Like, there's so many times where you're like, man, the defense just plays right into their hand. And that's Shanahan. And it's also Jimmy saying, hey, listen, this ball's coming out exactly at this time, whether you like it or not. So you better be there if you want it. You know, it, the thing about uh, Garoppolo and Mahomes that is sticking out to me right now as you're talking is both of these guys sat, and they did not go right in and play as a rookie, which isn't to say that you can't be great if you go in and play as a rookie. Plenty of guys have. I mean, Lamar Jackson was way in over his head and found a way to just run them to the playoffs, but then he comes back in year two and is a completely different quarterback. Right. I mean, it sort of connects to the Vikings in if you're going to move on from Kirk Cousins at some point, draft one of these guys and let them sit for a year. Don't draft one in 2021 and expect that guy to get you to the playoffs because it usually doesn't happen. Uh, even if you're setting someone down with a good team, like even Carson Wentz was given a good team his first year, and they weren't all that good because right. you're a rookie quarterback and you're way in over your head. Even if you are Trevor Lawrence, you're going to be way in over your head. He'll play right away, but most guys to sit, I think, has always been historically beneficial. And with Garoppolo, those years behind Tom Brady, you couldn't ask for anything better. Oh. And it also probably says something a little bit about your character, too, that you're willing to take that back seat after being a high draft pick, you know, first rounder for Mahomes, for Garoppolo, and to really focus on what your job is for that year. And it's to get yourself much better. And both of these guys did that. And I want to make this point, too, about Garoppolo, because it's so crazy in football how whatever the last thing that happened happened is the truth. Right, that's how that's how like all analysis works. <laughs> so the last game, Jimmy Garoppolo threw eight passes, completed six, and threw seventy-seven yards. But second half of the season, they played against Green Bay. Jimmy Garoppolo, one hundred and forty-five quarterback rating. They go to Baltimore, lose by three, and play in the rain. Jimmy Garoppolo, one hundred and ten quarterback rating. They beat Drew Brees in the shootout of the season, forty-eight forty-six, one thirty-one rating. How about that game against the Rams where he throws that uh, touchdown to win the game? Or or, well, I think it was a deep bomb, and they kicked the game-winning field goal. And then against Seattle, 118 quarterback rating to get the uh, number one seed, which is one of the main reasons they're here, in my mind. If Minnesota is playing at home, I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings were in the Super Bowl or if Seattle was at home. It's just how it works, right. is getting that home field advantage is such a huge deal. So with Garoppolo, we're, a lot of us are looking at him like, well, you know, game manager guy, like maybe he's a... You know, sort of similar to Jared Goff. I think he's better. I think he's better than Jared Goff. And I think he's better than Kirk Cousins now after a closer look at how he performed against the best teams when they needed him to win the game. When their defense gave up 31 points and he had to make a big play. that, Or when they gave up 46 to Drew Brees on the road and he had to make a big play, he was there. So I know if he loses the Super Bowl to Patrick Mahomes, which there is no shame in, but we'll hear, ah, you know, Garoppolo, I don't know. I don't know if he's good enough. But I think that he is sort of an underappreciated, very, very good quarterback. I've said for a long time that he's underappreciated. I think it's because the one thing that I appreciate about him the most, and I think I've said this on our show, is that he's so calm all the time. Under pressure, this dude never breaks. Like, I remember the play that you were talking about, the Rams, where the safety completely just went to the sideline. Yep, yep. And everybody was like, what, what just happened? That was a rookie. <laughs> 
See what happens when you're a rookie? You make rookie mistakes. You look, and, and I'm glad you said that about the quarterback because I think so many people, number one, are afraid of the fan base, right? Like, you can't draft a guy in the first round and then sit him without the fans being like, what are you doing? Right. right. Unless you're Andy Reid. Or your Bill Belichick. Yeah. See how that worked? Because mm-hmm. nobody's going to come at them and be like, what are you doing? What am I doing? What are you doing with credentials? Why don't you get the hell out of here now? You're not allowed <laughs> to come back here anymore. Don't ever ask me what I'm doing. I'm doing the NFL thing, okay? I run this league. When those two guys sat under two great quarterbacks, and yes, I said Alex Smith was a great quarterback because he was. Yeah, he was a very, great very quarterback. Yeah. Great dude. When you sit and you learn and you – when you don't – I don't want to say argue, but when you don't riff, when you just sit there and you're learning from one of the greatest and they're like, hey, man, this is what I would do, and this is how I would do it, and this is what you're looking for. Eventually, you just rub off so much because I think about all the, the centers that I listen to, and you're like, man, this is great. I'm getting to learn from one of the greatest people in the world. Like, this is awesome. This is so fun. And then the, the way that they would say they would do things, you're like, I never would have thought of that. But now I am because you're, you said it. And this has got me, my wheels turning. And, and, and then all of a sudden to go in and to be able to do it in a game time situation. I mean, these two guys have both been amazing. And I think that Patrick obviously won the MVP last year, 50 touchdowns. I mean, just incredible stats. This year's down a little bit, but still doing it at a high level. Didn't play in a couple games. And Jimmy, I mean, Jimmy's just always going to be considered the game manager until he puts on a 16-game show of 300 yards. And then people are going to finally go, okay, well, you know, he's a great quarterback. But he doesn't really have to. And the great thing about Kyle is he's not out to prove that to people. He's not saying, hey, let me put my team in a bad situation because I need to prove everybody wrong. They're the ones sitting back going like, they still don't see this, guys. Listen. Listen, we're just going to run the ball in the Super Bowl, too, if they don't want to believe it. Like, if they're going to just sit back and keep talking about how Jimmy's an amateur, well, then we'll just run the ball like a bunch of professionals, and then we'll just sit there and laugh at the end. I mean, I think defenses in the league are very conscious of what Jimmy Garoppolo is doing because they see exactly what I see, his calmness, his demeanor, the fact that he can take a hit and get up and laugh about it. and that's, That drives people nuts. It drives defensive coordinators nuts. And then when he can hit his back foot and get the ball and you can't even get to him for the whole game, it's like, okay, well... There goes our whole game plan. Like, we had nothing to do. We can't stop the run because all of a sudden, schematically, we're being pushed everywhere all over the field because of shifts and motions. I mean, this is everything they want to do to you, and they're kind of like, hey, we're not even really trying. I mean, the Saints game, the Ravens game, the Falcons games, yeah, those were games. I mean, and let's be honest, the Ravens game, we thought that was going to be like the Super Bowl. That was like a yeah, preview yeah, to the definitely. Super Bowl. Everybody was like, dude, this is, this is really happening. Like, even I got excited. I was like, wait a minute, a rematch? Great. Finally, it's going to happen. But Greg Roman's on the wrong side, but still, like, this is it. And then the Ravens couldn't do it. So all of a sudden, now you're looking like, man, Pat Mahomes, that dude has got some wheels. He can get it done in the air. Like, this is going to be really exciting to see. So I want to talk about him when we come back because I was listening to Dan Marino talk this morning on Golick and Wingo. I know. I, Dan Marino is in my all time. When I was a producer, I used to have to call him. the guests. And you learn about somebody from having to call them and when you have to reschedule and everything else. And Dan Marino was one of the nicest people to me of all time. We had to reschedule like a couple different times and it was a very hectic day and he was super patient and nice. So every time Dan Marino's, I'm like, Dan Marino was nice to me. Just everybody know that. Dan Marino, nice to me one day. Um, but uh, he said something really interesting about Patrick Mahomes that I want to run by you, and, and, and I want to talk more about what Mahomes can be in the NFL when he gets paid as well and what we expect from him in the Super Bowl. Matthew Collar and Alex Boone, you're listening to Purple Daily here on Score North.